So here we are at episode nine of Behind the Sport. Uh, this week we're going to have a young uh, Super 2 driver, Josh Fife, again from the Brad Jones camp. Um, anyone would think would actually, I don't know, maybe Brad Jones's mouthpiece, judging by how many of these drivers we've had on so far. But um, yeah, how you doing over there? Yeah, no, I'm good. No, I think we're just lucky. We managed to, you know, we got that um, that wicked good gig with Nick, and then um, everyone's just realised that sort of podcasts. Well, I think everyone's already realised podcasts are the way of the future. You know, direct to consumer, whatever buzzword you want to use, but um, they just seem to really open to it. You know, like, um, and it's kind of cool because you know we were angling and and looking at a lot of local stuff, and then we get talking to these you know proper professionals. So. It's um, it's it's really good. Learning tons talking to them, and um, the coolest thing I'm nerding out about is that everyone we talk to, man, they are just stoked on racing. They they are just keen on the sport of racing. You know, they're not three parts removed like we some may have the perception of. You know, so it's yeah. really good to talk to them and and to get the skinny on. You know, um, what really goes on in the team? How hard the guys work behind the scenes that they all have genuinely come up through the ranks none of them being sort of uh on the super silver spoon they all are genuine hard sloggers so it's cool yeah well uh josh fife is joining us today he is a uh two times karting champion uh he did the jump straight from uh carts to supercars and raced super three got a few wins and this year he is in a super two car so let's get him on. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for joining us, Josh. How are you doing tonight? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. What, how about you guys? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. Getting ready to go racing again, which um, I believe Supercars has announced you guys are going racing at the end of the month. So does that cover Super 2 as well or just Supercars? Yeah, so obviously in, in June it will be um, the supercars in Sydney, but the ra- round two will be Super 2. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. Um, yeah, the break's been very long and um, I just can't wait to get back into racing and, and having, um, yeah, some good battles again. Yeah. So um, age of 10 you started go-karting. What got yeah. you into go-karting? Yeah, so... I was always, um, well, my dad, firstly, he, he loves water skiing. So he tried really hard for me to get into water skiing. So he made me like a boat bed and everything just <laughs> to try let me get into um, water skiing. But um, I was always into the, like, the motorsport. So I had a, a, a motorbike and um, I used to ride that a lot at my mate's um, uh, farm. So... I used to love the motocross and then one day we went to the motocross track and um, it was quite crazy. Like people were jumping over me and it was quite crazy and mum didn't really like that. So the go-kart track was right next door to the motocross track. So we just had a look at that and and then for my birthday, I got a go-kart. So, and that's how it all started. And then I started racing um, just locally for a few years and then state level and then, and then, then it went on to national level and then went, then I lived in Europe for three months racing and yeah, that was, yeah, then that's how it kind of progressed from there. Yeah. So th- at 13, you were the, uh, in the junior categories of the Rotax Pro Tour and yeah. the Australian Kart Championships, uh, 14 multiple podium placings at a national level. And, yeah. uh, and it was 14 when you headed overseas, I believe. Yes. I, um, I did my first over East. Overseas race when I was 14, yeah, I did the Rock Cup finals, yeah, in Italy, which was really a cool wow. experience, so yeah. How'd you go in that? Oh, I, I actually did not well. Um, it was my, Obviously, it was my first ever inter, uh, international race, so it was a big learning curve and we're at the probably the most famous track in Italy, Lenato, which is in, um, yeah, which is in like South Garda, Northern Italy, and um, yeah, it was it was it was a great experience. So I I got in the final, which was a good thing. Like there was like eighty competitors, and I I made it to the main event, which I was happy with. But I finished yeah like 
24, 24th, but it was still an awesome experience. And I feel that helped me a lot through coming back to Australia and it just made me a lot more, um, a lot more, yeah, just like prepared for the other, like in my career. So I think on our second episode, we actually had Antonio Studi on and uh, he was saying that one of his first card outings, he actually pulled into the pits and retired before he got lapped. Have you been tempted to do anything like that when you're doing your karting career? No, I, I, I just keep on going. If someone wants to lap me, I just, I try and I let them lap me. But luckily I haven't been, um, Actually, no, my first ever kart race, I did get lapped and I just tried to follow them, but they were way too quick for me. So I just kept on going. But yeah, it is obviously when we when you first have your first kart race, it was very um, nervous But because um, the people obviously have a lot more experience than you, but it was really good experience. But yeah, I just kept on going and let the people at me when I, when I was first starting out. So when you moved up into the uh, six-speed KZ category, uh, in the Gold Coast, how did you find the difference between you know stepping out of the lower category and into that category, which is obviously you know getting getting quite up there? Yeah, so I just finished my um, so I did like the the Rotex Junior Grand Final the week before, in, and I was fifteen, and um, I finished third that weekend, and I didn't really have any races left for the year, so. Um, my uh, um, coach at the time, Tom, he was like, what do you want to do? And I was like, oh, I don't really know. So I was, they just like got out, brought out a new rule about like your age, how you can go up to seniors early. So I was 15 at the time and I was like, yeah, why not? I'll go into um, KZ because I always loved the six speed category. It was, they were all always awesome to watch. Like they had like, everyone always used to line up on the fences and watch the starts and, and I always wanted to be in that field. So I had a week of preparation for the – because the Gold Coast uh, Race of Stars, I think it was like two weeks from there or a week. So it wasn't much um, – it wasn't much time. So I, I literally – I spent, had like four days in the cart before the race event and then did my first KZ race. And, yeah, it was, wasn't too bad. I had a few top tens, so that was pretty good. And, yeah, I think I, I, think I came 11th, I think, in the final. So – yeah. yeah. Nice. So um, you also were in the Australian Karting Championship. Uh, yep. You finished second in the Rotax Light Class and claimed a round win in New Zealand. Yeah. Uh, which then... track? Oh yeah. Uh, it, it was Hamil- Hamilton. Hamilton, so... City of the Future, best track in the country. Yeah, it is an awesome <laughs> track. Yeah, it was actually one of the craziest tracks I've been on. It was. Um, has a lot of like different um, elevations and yeah, it's a really cool track. Like I think it's one of the best tracks ever driven on and it was awesome to get the win, I guess. But um, I, like if that was in Australia, I'll be there all the time. It's an <laughs> awesome track. Wicked. Yeah. So that gave you the opportunity to represent Australia in the world finals in Italy. And obviously you'd been over in Europe before. How was it returning back over to Europe for uh you know the the world finals. Yeah, it was. Uh, I felt a lot more confident because I I knew what it was kind of like. And um, yeah, the, the world finals is it's kind of like the Olympics, I guess, of like go karting. Like everyone's in their like home country, like in their country colours, and has an awesome vibe to it. Like probably one of the best experiences I've ever done. Like had such great atmosphere, and um, yeah, the weekend didn't go out didn't go well just um i got i didn't go, get into the gate in time so they i didn't get to race like um someone you have to like make it on the grid at a certain time and there was a line and i was at the back of the queue getting into the getting onto the grid and they just shut the gate on me so i was starting out at seven for the pre-final and then that time then the the time kind of like came up so then they shut the gate and then like eight of us didn't get to race so, which was quite disappointing, but, um, but no, it was still an awesome event. I got to do it again the year after and yeah, it's, it's awesome. Like, um, the, the, the racing's like really, um, rough. Like they just make, like have it all on the line. Like they don't, um, 
leave any room and it, you don't want to make a mistake or they will just be right up on the inside. So it's awesome racing and that's what I love. At the age of 17, you became the youngest ever to achieve the KZ2 Karting Championship and the Rotex Pro Tour Australian DD2 Championship in the same time. And uh, you also earned the 2017 AKC Drivers' Driver Award. So how important was it to win those championships you know, in the same year? Was that something you were aiming to do or just happened and you know, it was fantastic or what happened? Yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't. I, I didn't think I would win two in the one year. I was. I really wanted to win the KZ Championship. Um, I was working really hard towards that. I was always in the cart. Like I was probably in the cart at least like two or three times a week, like all year round. Like I was, like I was working real hard at that category. And with the DD two category, it kind of came in my like came to my hands. I didn't like that was just a class I had off to the side like just to keep my racing in like I wasn't really focusing on that and that was just like for some reason I was going really well I podium every race like every round I did so it worked out really well to have just sealed up sealed up both championships so yeah it was an awesome um feeling like like I never thought I'll win a championship let alone two in the one year so that was really cool and then at and then at the driver's dinner we had a had the I got the driver's driver award which was pretty cool I never thought I would get that always when I was younger younger I used to see like all the big names like in karting Dave Sarah get the award and stuff and I was like oh that would be cool like I never thought that would be me so you know it was awesome experience but it was an awesome year um it wasn't actually a good year for me in the KZ like I had like a lot of mixed results but um Somehow I managed to get on top and get the, the championship. So yeah, it was a good way, good good year winning the both championships. And that, of course, led you into 2018 when you uh, headed back to Italy for a few months. Yeah. <laughs> How did that opportunity come about? Yeah, so I didn't know really know what to do in 2018 because um, I kind of like won everything in Australia like I like I kind of did what I wanted to achieve so I felt like if I did the same again the following year I wasn't moving forward so I wanted to keep moving forward so I, I um, was speaking to my dad and my coach Tom and um, we thought it was a good idea to go to Europe and race against the best and they are the best and um, yeah, it was an awesome experience we I was in a team I was in a factory team, which was energy. And, um, yes, I live, I based myself out of Bergamo, which was, which is in like Northern Italy. It was like an hour away from Milan. So I was there for, yeah, probably three to four months at the start of the year. And I had a, cause I wasn't old enough. I was 17. So I wasn't allowed to drive or anything. So I had to like have a, not like a, I guess like a babysitter, <laughs> but, uh, I had like a Brazilian, guy called um felipe and he looked after me drove me around to the gym and stuff during the weeks and we, and he helped me with like because a lot of them don't speak good english so he was like my interpreter like which was really good and um yeah it was it was an awesome experience the racing was like oh it's it was awesome like it's probably the best racing i've done like in in my whole life and and it was quite cool because the series i was in it was like every second weekend it was a race meeting so and i love that like i love how they have like heaps of races in a short period of time like so you, like you're constantly just racing all the time so that was really cool and um yeah and i came back to australia and i just i came back and yeah like you could see how much i learned from my overseas like it had a lot of um a lot of wet weather races over there so I didn't really have much experience over in Australia because it, it kind of, like if we had a wet race in Australia, it was probably around, um, we probably have like one or two races a year in the wet. But like I had each race I did over there, it was, it had rain throughout the weekend. So I had heaps of like wet experience, which was really good for like just my driver 
ability. So it was really good to learn that. And I came back to Australia and it, it rained the first race back. I came back to Australia and I just, I think I won by like nine seconds. Like it was, it just showed how much I learned over there coming back. And I think it was the best thing, best decision I ever did was racing in Europe. I felt like it kind of like boost, boost up my um, confidence and my driver ability. So you coach Tom you talk about, is that Tom Williamson? Yes. Yeah, I was with um, yeah Tom from 2015 and, yeah, finished karting yeah, at the end of 2018 with him. Yeah. And, of course, 2019, you did the step straight from karts to supercars yeah. halfway. Yeah. And that that's, was, uh, that's a bit of a rare thing to do, you know. Madeline, who we spoke to last week um, and is in the same team as you, obviously – um, did the same thing. How was the learning curve for you to jump straight out of a car and straight into a car? And especially a car that's not a normal race car either. No, it's completely different. Like like me and Maddie, we both throw, throw ourselves in a, in a big uh, learning curve. But um, no, it was really like, I didn't think I was going to do that. We, um, we were just talking to Brad and Brad thought if you want to race, Supercars, um, he thought, like, just might as well learn the car you're going to drive. He said um, Super 3 won't be a big um, – well, it turned out to be a big class that year, but at the, at the time we were thinking we'll just lay low under the radar just do Super 3 for the year. And then once they changed their name to Super 3, it got very popular. You've got, like, people like Jaden Ojeda that were getting into it and Brock Feeney. So it actually turned out to be a really good field and – um, we had some awesome battles, but the it probably took me a good few race weekends just to get my head around the car. Like I felt like my first race at Phillip Island, I was a bit nervous and I still didn't really feel com- comfy in the car. I didn't really know my spatial awareness that well because obviously, obviously it was like completely different to a, a go-kart. So, but it was really cool just to um, just get that experience under my belt and now with that year of racing, I got that under my belt for Super 2 this year. Of course, unfortunately, we've only had the uh, one round at yeah. uh, Adelaide. Um, <laughs> within the Brad Jones racing team, Neva, you've got you know, uh, Nick Percat in there um, and Tom Hazelwood, uh, not Haswood, as the uh, e-racing series <laughs> called him. Yeah. Um, but uh, have, do you get time to spend time with those two guys and you know, sort of bounce ideas off them and get some feedback from them? Oh yeah, definitely. Nick has been very um, good to me, like from like last year. And um, Todd also, like he hasn't been in the team for that long. We've only had one race, but even when I had my test um, day at the end of last year, and and even at Adelaide, like he's been really helpful as well. And and Macaulay, like. All of them are really good help. Like you just ask them anything, and they will like do their best to get the answer for you. And and then I, I sit in debriefs with them and just learn as much as possible because I just want to just get just get heaps of information and learn as much as I need to know. And um, yeah, it's really cool having that um, having the main game like being part of the main series team because you kind of get to know what it's kind of like because you. Because um, they make us sit in the debriefs and the and the pre-briefs, so it's really cool just to be in that environment and just to um, uh, yeah, just be in that environment. It's really cool. I've got to ask: Have you met Nelson? Yes, I have. He's is he um, as cool as he looks? No, oh, he's an awesome dog. He's so <laughs> smart. Like I would have him. He's such a cool dog. Like he's really well mannered and. Just loves cuddles and everything. Yeah, <laughs> I've always got to ask because yeah, Nick obviously loves loves Nelson and yeah, you know, everything he seems to do. There's Nelson by his side, and <laughs> I was just like, I wonder who else has met Nelson? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's gone in the workshop and just does his own thing. He feels like he's a part of it. <laughs> so, Super Two this year. Um, what races have you guys got planned for this year? Like what? what what details have you guys got on the calendar? Yeah, so I think we got so 
it was meant to be a six round calendar this year, but um, obviously because of the coronavirus, it's um, they've made it to five rounds now, and that that's including Adelaide. So now we only got four more left, and we also got a different. Um, we go to a few different tracks now, so mm. I think we go to the Bend now, which is a new. Like I've been there before in Super Three, but it's a new track for this year for the Super Two drivers, and then we go to. Where else do we go to? So we go to um, Winton as well. So that'll be the first race back. And that wasn't meant to be on the calendar as well. So the Bend and um, yeah, the Bend and Winton are two new tracks added to the calendar this year. So Winton will be re- really good for us because that's my home track. So uh, that'll be a good, um, good race just to come back in just because we'll obviously test there before the race. So I'll, just, I'll get to know. Like I'll get my feeling back and it'll be good races to get back into everything and yeah. Now the the Ben Motorsport Park, um, how did you find that as a track to drive around? Oh, it's a sick track. Like it's um just the facility is awesome. Like you go into the, like the museum museum, I guess, and it's all mm. these really nice like historic cars and some even like Lamborghinis, it's just awesome. And then even the track to drive around, it's so nice. Like it's so smooth and flowing. I, I feel like for like GTs, that would be an awesome track. It's a bit sketchy in a supercar because we don't have as much aero, but I feel like with a GT car with the aero, it would be awesome to drive around. The uh, Speaking of sketchy, <laughs> the E-Series. Yeah. <clears throat> you, uh, I believe you've been in one of those rounds. Yeah, yeah, did yeah, I did. Um, what is it? Circuit, um, yeah, Circuit of the Americas, I think. No, oh, I can't remember. I raced that. Yeah, Circuit of the Americas. Yep. How yeah. did you find the simulator versus the uh, the real deal? Yeah, it it's obviously a lot different to real life, but it's it's actually really good just to learn the tracks. So I used, I had a simulator before the COVID stuff. So I used to use that just to learn just the tracks before I went there in real life. So I felt that was a really good t- tool just to learn everything. And um, yeah, just, and I guess it's kind of, it's kind of good in a way just for your like mind, like just to keep the feeling and it's obviously not the exact same, but I, I feel like it's still a good tool to have, even if you're not racing like I feel like it will still have some beneficial towards the like when you go back racing. But when we did the E series race, I was I qualified all right, I qualified like twenty first out of thirty people, but then I just kept crashing and each race I just came last, kept crashing. So if it, the racing on the E series is completely different to real life because everyone I guess is like, oh it doesn't matter because like the cost and damage you just hit the reset button and get a new car so that was a lot different the racing part of it but it was an awesome experience just to um have a chance to race people like craig lowndes and scott mclaughlin and that that was pretty cool just to be around them and and you hear the the group chats and you can hear what they like you can kind of tell what their personality is when they're driving so that was quite funny but that was cool the um, in terms of other categories outside of supercars, is there any interest in things like S five thousands, TCR? Um, you've mentioned GT, so I'm guessing you're probably interested in doing some GT racing. Like, what 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 is the uh, outside of supercars aim? Um, I've always my my goals always wanted to be a supercars driver, but um. I'm a big fan of F1. I love watching the F1. Um, uh, obviously, that's really hard to get into, but I just love like the the strategy, like and all just the whole lot of F1. I just love and but I feel um, I kind of like the the endurance races and the GTs like in Europe, like the Le Mans kind of stuff. So I love doing that. So if I make it to supercars and have a few years and that I would love to do like a race at Le Mans and do like an endurance race. That would be awesome just to race against all the factory teams. And yeah, I love um, the Europe kind of side of racing. I feel like it's really professional and, and 
going over there and carting, it was really professional and it just like everyone over there is like really big on their motorsport. They all love it. Like um, I used to, when I went there for the KZ World Championships, the people, like people coming in just with crowds, like watching a go-kart race, they just love their motorsport over there, which is really cool. Yeah. So fast forward a couple of years, you're in supercars. It's coming up to the Bathurst 1000. You've been told you can have whatever teammate you want from any era of racing, past, present, from any category, Formula One, supercars, karting, GT, whatever. Who would be your ultimate teammate? I think Senna. Anton Senna, I think, because um, he is so focused and, uh, like, obviously I wasn't alive when he was racing, but when I was watching his movie, he just seemed so onto it and just fully focused and, like, he just wanted to win. That's all he wanted. So, and that's what I kind of think of myself, like, fully focused. So, um, he'll be really cool. And even just to learn stuff off him, like, what he, he would do in a race weekend, like how he'll prepare himself. So that would be awesome to team up with him and just learn off him, I guess, for the how he like conducts himself before a race or how he prepares himself. So, yeah, I will choose him. There's a trick question. You were supposed to say Brad Jones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he'll be really cool, dude. <laughs> he's, uh, he's actually on here in a couple of weeks. So uh, oh, yeah. we'll, we'll find out if he, who his ultimate uh, teammate would be as well. <laughs> yeah. Did you, uh, yeah. did you actually catch Josh, Yeah, if he Sorry? says Josh Fife, we'll let him down gently. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> did you uh, actually catch any of his uh, E-Series race the other week? Yeah, I did. That was hilarious. <laughs> Just... The safety car, just um, the whole lot was awesome. Awesome, it was just a great laugh. I just non-stop laughing the whole time. It was, yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> now, before I hand you over to uh, to Brent <laughs> to get get this far so far, you know, at uh, at nineteen, who have been some of the people that have really helped you to get here? Yeah, so um, my parents will be. The biggest, um, they've sacrificed a lot with their, with their lives and um, even their work. So they put a lot of, um, they've had a lot of stressful nights and without them, I would not be here today. And I also, even um, my sister, like she's been very supportive. Um, like she just, she's very, I'm very lucky to have my sister because she, she does not care. Like obviously motorsport's very expensive and um so my parents put a lot of energy into that and my poor sister doesn't she doesn't get this obviously the equal amount for her. So I've been very lucky with her just to she's been very supportive of my racing and um which I really appreciate. And uh obviously in my karting career, um I wouldn't be I wouldn't won my national titles and stuff without um Tom. Without him I would not be uh where I am today either and um and then Mick from Europe and Felipe they helped me heaps in Europe and um they were very very helpful with me and looked after me over there so I I have to thank them heaps and yeah I can't there's so many people but even Brad Brad Jones he's put a lot of input with with me as well the last two years so yeah without them and my sponsors as well so without any of it any of them, I would not be here today without them. Fantastic. So um, Brent's now going to uh, take over, and uh, I think I heard him rubbing his hands with glee. Uh, so, yeah, we'll have a bit of a chat in a little while, and, uh, yeah, over to you, Brent. No, it's awesome, man. I'll, I'll, yeah, I mean, I try to ask more technical questions, but I just and really enjoy talking to people that uh, just get off on competitive motorsport, you know, like it's yeah, – yeah. People don't, yeah, trying to re instill the, the love of proper racing. You know, people just sort of lost a bit these days. The e-racing yeah. is sort of bringing it back from a lot of people, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, and obviously you've, you've had the luck of, of driving all over Europe. Did you do any car racing in Europe? Were you lucky enough to 
do any testing or anything like that where you're there at some of those circuits or no uh, unfortunately no i had um i really wanted to wanted to we had a night a plan at the end of the year in europe to drive um like at, i can't remember some track in italy but just didn't really uh worked out with my plans we we figured out that we wanted to race super three uh for the following year so it wasn't really going to be a good uh, it wasn't going to help me with that so we just we just uh focused on super three super three for the following year so but it would have been awesome to do that but um yeah it just didn't hmm. work out unfortunately oh and once you get you know a deal for super three or super two or any of them it's yeah it's, you've got to be so focused it's it's a whole it's it's a step up it's a lot more than oh people. yeah yeah you, you're pretty lucky you made the jump straight from carts into, into supercars which some people might think is funny but um considering a supercar is nothing like a gd3 it's nothing like a production-based race car so there's nothing really transferable um other than your race craft which you have from karting anyway you know a bit of special awareness obviously you're in a 1500 kilo tank versus a couple hundred kilo cart but um, what what's yeah. tra- what do you think is transferred over from carts? And obviously, most supercar drivers have done carts, but what do you think you couldn't do without? Like you think is really important to gain from carts to take across, so people get that likeness. Yeah, um, yeah, I think the biggest thing is uh, the race craft. Like I feel like um, racing go karts, you learn so much with the race craft because there's a lot of different categories, um, like that can require like a lot of thinking when you race so like if you when I was in juniors you had a lot of um like the draft was huge so we had to learn a lot like when or not to pass the person like on the last lap or or be in the lead be on the lead in the last lap or be in second on the last lap because of the toes so you had to be um we learned all that in carts and I felt like helps a lot in um in cars because obviously the racing real like you look at shane his race car craft is awesome like he's always somehow if he has a bad qualifying he always works himself up back to the top because his race craft's awesome so i feel like with karting um obviously you learn the the technique i, I feel it's hard to explain but like you got the i guess the feeling of the car you learn in carts i guess like because we learn we do a lot of setups in carts so we have to know the feeling of like understeer and oversteer and that's kind of similar to cars. Like you need to know the feeling of when you want a bit more uh, turn in the car or cause that's important. That's very important in the car. If you tell your engineer, if you need, uh, you need more rear grip, but you actually don't, he'll, he'll keep going and, and he'll put yourself in a completely different wrong direction. So you have to make sure you're telling the right, um, the right stuff, which you, which you learn in go-karting you like through, um, throughout my career we were doing a lot of data and going over all that which is which helped me transition into cars because i learned data as well so yeah all that helped me a lot for for the yeah cars and do you still get back into the carts a bit like you know nick obviously still races and and turns it out so you're still doing the same you're still keeping on the cart yeah I, i love karting that's my i i love it like it's it's one of my favorite things to do. So I still go in the carts probably um, once every two months, once a month. I went in the cart. I actually went in the cart last week, which was quite cool just to get back into everything. So it's it's like the adrenaline's huge. Like obviously driving the six speed, everything happens so fast. So I feel like driving that is like a good um, – like a good thing to have off the side if you're not driving the car like some it will help you in some way for your car racing yeah yeah and do you like so obviously the the bjr posse is pretty uh you know you guys are all pretty pretty homes there and your carters as well do you guys go out together and and sort of thrash it out and if you do who's king dick (laughs) oh i've been um actually last year i went to Aubrey and i messaged maca if he wanted to come out so he came out so it was just me and him for the day. So, yeah, we both um, – unfortunately, his car broke, so he just drove my car. But it was, it's cool, like, just to drive for fun. Like, it not comp- – like, obviously, we still have a competitive nature. But, yeah, it's cool just to – for us just to yeah. drive around and, and compete, like, together. So, yeah, it's cool. 
Oh, that's that's cool. Um, yeah. So obviously you've got to drive some of the pretty wild race tracks around the world in a cart. In a race car, you've you've had some experience around Australia. Have you had a chance to get to Wanneroo yet? No, I haven't. No. <laughs> oh, that's a treat for you when that happens. So I won't ask yeah. the questions I have lined up for that. So what yeah. is your favourite track in Australia then? You've mentioned the bend and how you think that would be awesome, the GD3, because of the big wide yeah. um, track and the, it's obviously quite open. What, what's your favourite Australian track? Um, yeah, uh, the one I think um, probably it will be Phillip Island. It's It was my first uh, car race. And um, when I first went there, I was like, whoa, this is awesome. Like the speed you get up to and the fast flying corners, it was, yeah, really cool. So, yeah, I reckon Phillip Island would be – I haven't been to many car yeah. tracks. I've only raced six times. So, um, yeah. I really – looking forward to race at Bathurst. I've always dreamed to go there. So hopefully we'll go there this year and race there. No, Phillip Island's definitely a, um, I haven't had the chance to get to that. I've driven most tracks around. I haven't had a chance to get to the, yeah. bend, uh, the bend off the island yet. The island is a bucket list track. I think it's a, uh, it's a pretty special place. Every time everyone yeah. I've talked to has driven this, it's the same. And uh, I know some people that rate it higher than Bathurst, you know, as a, as a traditionalist. Yeah. Right, track, yeah. So, yeah, it's that's kind of cool. Um, the obviously you've got a really good engineer there at, at BJR. He's got a great amount of experience across a couple of categories. Um, how do you work with the engineer? And can you walk us through how that feedback session works? How official it is, or is it just you guys get on like mates? Because that's something that um, a lot of state level races that we have, uh, where sometimes it's drive a mechanic or um, mum and dad or, or mate or whatever, we don't have that professional level where it's that controlled. So it'd be kind of cool to hear how that works for you guys. Yeah, it's – um, yeah, Paul, my engineer, has been – yeah, on awesome. He's really good and um, awesome help to me. So, yeah, we, we, cut, we go in to the debriefs and um, he just helps me um, go through all – we look through everything, like go through the data. So we'll, we'll go on that for like uh, an hour or so and and then we'll look at um, car footage and look at that really deeply and luckily we got um, Nick, like Nick's or Todd's um, uh, video so we'll compare that for a while but I'm very lucky to get on with Paul, my engineer. We have a good relationship so and he is very... Um, he wants to win just as much as I do which is really mm. good good so we we're both very competitive and he he's um he wants the best out of me and which is really cool and um yeah so he he's um a good mate he's a good nature to the team i guess and it, it's really cool because my engineer he's he's there he's running he's like the head en- engineer of all the engineers and bjr so which is really cool so he he, he knows like what's going on between all the cars in the main game, so so he 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 knows like the latest goss on the. I guess if they get a new, um, if they find like a new setup or something, so that's very helpful helpful with me. And yeah, I, without I feel like he's been a really good help with me. He knows. I feel I feel like it's very important to have a good relationship between the two. Oh, absolutely. Of two of us. So, and um, we get on very well. So I just can't wait to go back racing and. And yeah, do some more. Hopefully, so with, get some ends. So with the feedback session, you look at a lot of the uh, in-car footage, and and you obviously, like you said, you're comparing to Nick's or, or whatever. Are you comparing car placement on track, or what your physical inputs into the controls? What what's the skinny there? Yeah, so um, the data shows um, the steering trace, so which yep. is very helpful. Um, so we kind of like go and look at the, da- uh, the the race footage and also look at the data at the same time. So we kind of look where he breaks, like the braking mark- markers kind of stuff because that's quite huge. Like And um, just also it's like we kind of like stop and play kind of thing. So yeah. we'll kind of go through the corner and then kind of replay it over like a bit slower and we look through, look at the data. Like if it's like turn three, we'll look at turn three on the data and look at his – throttle trace um 
and his steering trace and all that and um, even the braking trace, like say, like for example, he pulls it up just that little bit more to get that better exit. So, and um, and that's what we kind of do. We kind of do the, if, when we look at the data, we, we kind of replay it a lot, like replay like the corners a lot, like, and just go over the data with it. So yeah, it's very helpful. I feel like the data is very important to, um, to have. And even the video, like just, I'm, a, I'm, I'm, I'm like a visual learner. So if I see if Nick's doing that, I kind of like learn. Uh, I feel like it's how I learn by like visual as well. So, which is yep. very helpful. So do you overlay the data with his and look for brake pressure or um, yes, that's right. steering, yeah. etc.? Yeah. Yeah. So something like if I was not good in, um, I don't know, turn eight and, and we go over the data, uh, Paul would be like, oh, your brake, you're using 800 PSI where uh, Nick's using 900, but he's holding it for a bit longer. That's why he's able to brake later and um, yeah. pull it up quicker because he's maximised the braking pressure, but holding it before the the before he can lock the tyre. So he's yeah, he's like so. It's very good to have just to get that data and just compare it to mine. No, wicked. And with obviously that relationship with that engineer is pretty key because if you're having a bad experience on track or you're not feeling it, you've got to try to explain that you've got the experience here from karting. And he's got the data to overlay it to say, well, no, push harder here or don't push harder there or, yeah, you're right, the car's garbage, um, yeah. <laughs> which probably isn't. But, yeah, you know, yeah. you've got that. You've got everything there, which is kind of, you know, not a lot of ca uh, feeder categories you see that. Yeah. Um, I ask all the guys this from supercars or in that in those platforms. Um, there's a lot of controversy about it at the moment, but flappy paddles, what's your take on it? Oh, like the um, to have paddle shoes. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I think no. I feel like the the supercar. You need a you need a gear stick. You know, like I feel like it's the whole point of supercars has that kind of um, specialty to it. So, I think like if you want paddle shift, go drive a GT car. I feel like um, having the the gear. Uh, you know the sequential gear stick is is good i think it's really cool to have that in the car yeah so you think that's one of the everyone seems to be thinking that less driver aids more manual inputs are the because i mean supercars are their own platform their own right but they are similar to a gt3 in some some aspects yeah the power output um speed um etc so you think that's the one thing that sets them apart you still have to muscle them around there's still a yeah, and still and, get to, yeah. Uh, still get to what do you call it? Um, blip, you know, like which is like so. You still drive like you still don't have um. Sorry, what's the word? Auto like, blip. Yeah, don't have auto blip, so it still keeps that. Still make it a little bit trickier to drive, which I feel is cool. Yeah, that is really good. So, um, you obviously have the one-on-one -on -one debrief sessions with you with your um engineer. How much coaching do you get as a group? So you say you get to sit in on the actual supercar debriefing sessions, which are, you know, can be pretty tense, um, <laughs> can be pretty fun as well. Um, but it, how does that work? Do you get to interject or you just sit there with a notepad in the corner, eating your sandwich or how's it, how's it all sort of go? Yeah. So if I, so usually me and Paul will do our one-on-one -on -one debrief and then, so we'll talk about what we want to do the next day with the car and what direction we want to go. And then a bit later we'll go to the truck and go to the main series guys, but I don't really have any input. I just sit there and listen and I just have it like a notebook book and just listen what their feedback is. Cause the car is quite similar to my car. Maybe some race weekends they're on a softer tire, but they still have similar traits. So if I'm saying, uh, it's a bit slippery in the rear and they saying that in the debrief I've, I'm kind of like happy I'm like oh cool I'm saying the right kind of things so, yeah so that's that's been really good and even if and it's also really good if they all saying nah this track's like it's full of understeer and I'm saying the opposite maybe I Paul might be thinking or maybe Josh is 
thinking maybe it's slippery in the rear because it's it's having too much understeer, which will cause snap oversteer. Yep. So, yep. Which is yeah, really good. Just to so it just gives Paul a good. Um, he learns a bit off the the briefing for me as well, just for the set kind of for the setup because they he will listen to their inputs and that kind of goes towards into my car setup as well for the race weekend. So it's it really has the benefits being part of a a multi team like that with main game cars. Really, yeah, yeah, yeah it's it's all yeah, it's a great yeah, it's really good to yeah have all them as well. And what's um. Do you have any weird traditions or superstitions? Anything weird you do have to wear the same sock or wear two socks on one side or there's Madeline's got the glove thing. Everyone's um, got little weird things. You have to eat something certain or you don't step on a crack or whatever. You know, you got anything like that? I I used to wear, um, when I was karting, I used to wear like these same underwears for like Sunday. I thought they were my lucky underpants and then, but but now I kind of I don't know what I do now. I probably um I'm very prepared before my race. I feel like if I have to be like um a weird trade of mine, I feel like I have to be ready real not real early, but like have my suit on and helmet because I feel like I don't want to stress myself out. So I'm yeah. like really prepared early before my race. So yeah. No, that's that's not a bad one. Um, <laughs> Another one I keep asking everyone, and because sorry, I just just want to jump in for a tick. Um, I had a chat with Garth Tander uh, towards the end of last year, and he said he had a pair of green socks that he used to <laughs> wear. And then uh, after he had his first, I think he flipped his card or something while he was wearing them. <laughs> and he said after that he just ditched them, and he's never worn anything <laughs> again that was like lucky or lucky. otherwise. <laughs> so it's just oh. um. Yeah, funny hearing everyone's like little bits yeah, and pieces. Cool. Actually, <laughs> I, I remember one. I used the same uneral on the weekend. Like, go to the same like uneral each weekend because I feel like if I if I'm having a good weekend, I'm like I'm doing something right, so I'll do the same. Keep doing the same thing. Maddie had the same thing as well. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. She'd yeah. use the same cubicle, you know, yeah. like she had a little. Yeah, you must, you must get into a routine. You have to walk to there to there, and I know if I do that five minutes before we get called up, I'm yeah. gonna be safe. <laughs> that, and... Yeah, weird trade I do, I guess, before like my race. So, yeah, yeah. Sound like it's just weird. Um, another one I ask everyone because it's really cool to see what BJR is doing now and being so much more engaged in, in social media and podcasts and doing their own videos. Obviously, Mac has been doing it. Um, for a while, you know, getting this pit vipers on and jumping into pools and doing all the <laughs> Brad stuff that he does. But um, it's cool seeing Brad do it because, you know, he's – Yeah. He, he comes from the glory era, um, you know, the blokes era, whatever you want to call it. Um, and we're, we're all got this theory that every time we see him on social media, it looks like he's lost more weight. Yeah. And everyone else reckons it's just the dieting, that he's, he's eating a lot better and he's not overly being influenced by the fit freaks around him. But – can you confirm or deny is Brad losing weight? Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I, I feel like from the last few years, but I'm not sure uh, since COVID. But um, um, I, yeah, I, I'm, I I've heard he he hasn't have the best diet, but um, but I, yeah, I feel like he's maybe lost some weight. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, there you go. You hit. We've we've got it confirmed. Brad is uh, <laughs> maybe he's going to make a comeback. He'll be a standby driver. Yeah, for might, he might be. <laughs> Planning for something that we we don't know. <laughs> yeah, the E series gave him the bug. Yeah, uh, we're gonna always so, ask him a couple of weeks anyway. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, I'm gonna see. I'm gonna ask him. I'm gonna see if yeah, I've got a theory of where it's going. Um, <laughs> what's outside of outside of supercars? Because obviously you you're uh, you've got youth on your side. So man, and, and yeah, you you can do anything you want. You're you're blessed with it being able to go fucking to the moon. Um, we might be racing on the moon in ten years' time. You never know. <laughs> but, um, outside of outside of supercars, do you do you work or are you studying or um, are you just a hundred percent at BJL? How's how's that work? How does that side of the career work? Yeah, so I've started my apprenticeship in plumbing. So yep. um, my dad's a plumber, so I just work for my dad because I feel like if I work for someone else with my time times off, like. Because sometimes if Brad, he, he might be like, oh, we're having a test next week on Tuesday. Like, so um, 
working with dad's really good because I can just get the day off and go yeah. for test day. So, yeah, I work for my dad and, yeah, do the plumbing trade. <laughs> no, that's good. Yeah, so that, that has its benefits of working for your dad because obviously you can, if you need to, take the time. And those yeah. test days are few and far between and sometimes they get moved at the last minute or weather yeah. or car issues or whatever so that you need that flexibility, which is if you worked for you know somewhere else or you're at uni yeah. you might not it's have hard to get the time off so absolutely um that's pretty that that is cool does your dad race or no. is he still on boats or no he, he was a really good uh water skier barefooter when he was younger but um he actually got a go-kart when i started go-karting but that didn't last long he did probably like a year of racing but then but then he just kind of got um he was crashing too much and and he's like, oh, I'll just stop. He was getting a bit sore. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, yeah. And obviously, um, so you got Maddie in the team. She's just opened her own gym. Uh, you got Nick, who's a, um, you know, he's, he's a magnificent athlete. You got Macca, who's like the freak athlete um, with <laughs> all his Guinness Book of Record challenges and stuff like that. What do you do for your fitness side of it? Yeah, I, I train a lot. I love fitness. That's one of my things I do quite often I um I love my running and I do a lot of uh circuit training at the moment so and actually uh, one of the fitness things I love is mountain bike riding I I used I do a lot of a lot of that with my dad um my dad used to race like the 24-hour races and um mountain bike so I do that with him because he's he's quite fit as well so me and him do a lot of uh trail riding and and we've got really good tracks in Canberra, like for mountain bikes. So, yeah, I do a lot of that with my dad, which is quite cool. Oh, that is brilliant. That is good news. Yeah, mountain biking seems to be popular. And just a lot of the, um, you might not know it, Shane, but a lot of the Speedway guys that tends to be their outlet. There's oh, some, yeah. yeah. You know, they're yeah, the World Series similar. Outlaw guys. They're all mountain bike freaks. So, yeah. yeah. I guess it's quite similar even for us. Like, you have to think fast going down the hill and, like, um, if if there's like a rock there, you have to kind of think quite quickly what to do, and it's quite similar, I guess, to racing cars. Like you never know, like a car can spin right in front of you, and you have to choose which line to take. So it, I guess it's quite similar with yeah. your thinking. So yeah, yeah, it's the mental as well as the the physical strain. Yeah, um, yeah. No, that's that's cool. With the um, so with obviously COVID's smashed everything to pieces. Um, what have you been doing to be prepared for, for the races now they're announced? Other than your fitness and you got on the cart the other week, have you been sitting in the car going brum brum or <laughs> have you gone and patted it and washed it and polished it or, or how's that? What have you been doing? Yeah, so um, I've been doing um, a lot of sim, obviously. So just I thought that will help in some kind of way. But I'm going to um, been in the cart last week and I'm planning to go back in the cart this weekend and just try to get in the go-kart a lot before uh, I get, get back in the car because just to get my my head switched back on into the racing kind of state so yeah try to be try to be in the go-kart heaps just to just get my race fitness back on and keep get my mind think get my brain thinking like that again so um, obviously we, we'll train a lot like for fitness but I've been doing that in the off break but um, yeah just sim and go-kart i guess <laughs> wicked and yeah. with the sim has it been uh i racing or is there another platform you've been on i i use mainly i racing but um some tracks i uh, some sometimes i use automa blister because they got a lot of um the new one uh, yeah the new one so they they got a lot of the uh like australian a lot of other australian circuits so australian circuits so i use that just to learn some other tracks like they got uh, Sydney Motorsport Park and um, Sandown, they yeah. got all those kind of tracks. So I use that a lot just to learn the tracks as well. There's the hot tip, Shane. That's, that's John's hot tip for the new the new iRacing platform. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so Automobile Lister 2, you heard it here first. It's going to be the next thing. Um, so the company Racecraft here in Perth that built the sim that I have, they uh, that's his plug, he reckons. That's the oh, next, next, the next best. thing. Yeah. It's quite good. I actually don't have two. I got... I think just got the normal one and that's really good. Like it's, it feels quite similar to the iRacing. So, and the yes, tracks is. are, um, some track, I went to Sandown. I, I practiced Sandown before, uh, before I went there and I felt like it 
felt real similar. Like I was like, oh, this is quite similar to uh, Automobilista when I went around there, which was quite cool. <laughs> <laughs> that's wicked. Yeah. All right. Well, that's yeah. I'm not going to bore you too anymore. We, we, you know, we're almost at an hour, which is quite cool talking to you, man. So. Yeah. Thanks yeah, very much cool. for having me. Hopefully, get to see you over here at, at Wanneroo and. Yeah, um, that'd be awesome. If not, we'll we'll see you when we're over there. Yeah. No. Thanks for having me. Brilliant. Right. Well, um, I'm actually just looking at some funny footage um, from the Supercars Championship and yeah, probably won't be able to see it, but uh, Will Davison and uh, his brother have actually rammed into the back of each other <laughs> and one of them has ended up going over. So would have loved to hear that team radio. That would have been quite yeah, interesting. Yeah, it's been a lovely. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, how's Mad Mike going where you're there? Have you seen? It's kind of funny, like a pro drifter entering. Yeah. It's I'm kind of cool. Sure. I saw there was, he put up a video, I think, him just doing a drift around yeah. like the the circuit he was just at. So, <laughs> yeah. So, um, behind you, you have a helmet. Yeah. Which helmet's that? Is that your current helmet or is that from your go-karting? Nah, this one's from... My karting days, this is the last go-kart helmet I had. So I, my last go-karting race I did was at Las Vegas. So I did wow. that race with that. So, yeah, I've done – actually, I, I did um, – I also won my championships with that helmet as well, which is quite cool. So And raced in Europe with it as well. So I'm done just a trying lot. to squint and see. Is it a Helmart design, the New Zealand yeah. design? Yeah, it's a Helmart. Oh, Helmart. see, New Zealanders, we're just taking over the world. <laughs> yeah, no, he's he's so talented, Helmart. Yeah. Um, yeah, I got a few helmets off him, which is yeah, he's really he good. Lot, he does a lot of the main game guys. He's yeah, he's a talented young dude. Yeah, no, he's and I've all um all my helmets I have a a green, so I kind of do like a Lewis Hamilton kind of theme, just having the same kind of color helmets throughout my yeah. career. So I just had green helmets the whole way through. So. You have to start getting some big gold chains and some diamonds. Oh, yeah. I don't know about that. <laughs> don't, don't forget. Oh, no, I can't say that. I was going to say about the haircuts and... Yeah, you can't do yeah. the haircuts, man. Yeah. <laughs> What's wrong yeah. with this? I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, well... That's why the hat no. stays on. But, um, what else you got hanging out behind you? Like, I've seen a little bit of memorabilia, I think, on one side of your wall there. Oh, sorry. I'm actually at um, Maddie's house at the moment. Oh, so, oh there's, there's the that's, bomb. That's why it, well, no, that's why it looked familiar. I was like, <laughs> yeah. I can actually sort of see the... I was like, that looks like Maddie's background, but, you know, yeah. all so good. I've got, yeah, I've got her stuff, but my, I'm, I'll go back home next week to start everything. So I've got a test, I think, um, in, a, in a few weeks. So I'll go back home next week and just get prepared. Yeah. For that, go back to the cold. <laughs> oh, bugger the cold. That's why we had chains and a hoodie, and I've still got a jacket on, and I'm inside, man. It's cold here. Yeah. Oh. Well, it's actually been quite good up up here, so I'm still in my shorts and T-shirt. So. Oh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, um, I, I must admit, I did. Uh, I was looking through Instagram a little while ago, and you'd been out running over there, and just like... <laughs> No, I mean, are you cold. doing? I've got to ask with the fitness. Are you doing anything like crazy, like Nick's two hundred k bike rides or anything like that? Oh uh, no, I don't. I'm not that crazy. I just do. Um, I think the I've, the biggest run I've done since I've been up is only like ten kilometers. So nothing, nothing big like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Well, I think we've come to our end of our chat. Um, this is it. You know, anything, anyone you want to give a yell out to, or um, I'd just like to thank, yeah, my sponsors for this year: um, Natural Gas and Water and Capital Gas Works and Fenway Public House um, coming on board. So yeah, I'm thankful for them for for sticking through this, these tough times. And yeah, thank you. Looking, very at, much. looking at your socials, you're doing a bit for Fenway. You're helping with a, a, a gala dinner or something along those lines. Yeah, so we I was and um. So it was meant to be like oh, in March, but obviously with the it the they brought out like the fifty people rule just before like a few days b- before the night. So um, oh, 
it didn't happen, unfortunately. So hopefully we can have one like maybe later in the year with them. So which would be really cool. So they've been yeah, pretty, great help. Pretty cool sponsor to have a bar though. Yeah, it is. It's yeah, they've they've been really um, supportive with my racing, so which is really cool. Awesome. Cool. Well, thank you very much for taking out the time to have a chat with us. And uh, oh, thank you. Yeah, look, uh, look forward to seeing where you end up. And um, we won't we won't tell Brad that you didn't pick him as your favourite driver to uh, be a teammate with. <laughs> see, if he, see if he actually watches. <laughs> but. Um, yeah, look, good luck for the season. Uh, hopefully, if uh, we get over that way, we'll be able to catch up. And if not, maybe next year sometime. Yeah, no, thank you Absolutely. very much for having me. I've enjoyed it. No worries. No, cool. Thank you very much, no. man. I'm keen to see how you go. No, thank you. All right, Cheers. so that's been uh, Josh Fife. He's uh, BJR's Supercars Racing uh, Super 2 driver. And uh, he's joined us tonight. And, yeah, we'll catch him again next time. All right. Ciao. All right, so uh, this pretty much brings episode nine to an end. Um, cool kid. Um, yeah, like I've, I've just been overwhelmed. Like this week's been pretty full on, like got a lot of stuff coming up. Oh, man, it's of, uh, starting to get massive. You know, like obviously Supercar's announcing the return. Uh, Smack is coming back. Um, yep. Shannon's Motorsport Australia Championship. I F1's announced. Yeah. <laughs> uh locally of course, you know things are starting to ramp up again. Um you know and for the most part um yeah everyone's been pretty cool about it. Um what else is there? There's uh you know I've been in talks uh with a few few different categories and stuff about helping them out. So oh it's you know it's just everything's just done. I think everyone's finally realized that hey in Australia, we're pretty lucky because the the way we live, you know, we're not um, even in our cities. We're still we're not all crammed in, and our people are pretty smart, pretty switched on. People generally done the right thing, so we've you know we've almost beaten this thing. So we'll be back to normal soon. So people are starting to get onto that. Um, you know, Albany had the sprint and the hill climb on the weekend, which I think was the first licensed event under camps to go ahead since COVID, which is yep. that's cool for WA. You know, yeah. Um, and then we got you know our state racing starts on the twenty first. We've got a time attack tomorrow night. We've got a point to point. We've got yeah everything coming up. And then we're getting to talk to these really talented young drivers that are coming up and professional drivers. And I'm just pumped on the fact that they're just they're all normal, awesome people that are working really hard and just getting pumped on competitive racing. So yeah, yeah, I think it's really cool. And but there's lots of yeah, everyone's getting busy, man. We're starting to do some cool stuff. So speaking of cool stuff, I am out to uh, the driver risk center next week. Yep. Yep. Uh, next week, uh, back with the Tesla guys. Um, so actually, going to be throwing a Tesla around that track and running yeah. it on vegetable oil at the same time. Um, so all the charging of that car is going to come from a vegetable oil powered diesel. Yep, <laughs> definitely going to be smelling that. Uh, so that's happening next week. Um, and you know, and that's also near our mate, uh, John from Racecraft's building. Good so too. I might, might have to sneak in for a couple of laps again, but, yep. um, you'll get hooked. Oh, I already am. Um, speaking of, uh, virtual racing, you got something else coming up. Yeah. So I haven't, um, put it out on Facebook or any of the socials yet, but so you heard it here first It's a scoop for behind the sport. Um, so I've teamed up with the, the guys at uh, Racing for MNDI. Um, so that's a foundation here in WA that uh, a non-for-profit that raises money for research into MND, which is a, a pretty horrible disease. It's pretty close to me because it's, uh, it's what uh, took my mum. So it's, they do a big push every June to, to raise funds. Um, we've been talking about for a while doing our own tournament at racecraft you know like a lot of clubs go and do a, a day tournament tournament there or a lot of businesses do it as a um sort of team building exercise so we we're going to team up with racing cream and di and um do a tournament there to raise money we're going to do a bit of a car show and tournament on the 27th of june uh so in a couple of weeks time so it's going to come up pretty quick 
Um, I'll put some more information out on the socials soon, but lock in the date of the, the 27th that afternoon. We'll have a few uh, invited cars on display. We'll have a few other cool cars there. And, um, yeah, we'll broadcast it and have some rad media guys there. And, yeah, it'll be pretty sweet. Fantastic. All right, well, that wraps it up. Episode 10 next week, uh, back to our local crew. And then uh, the weekend, week after, Brad Jones is joining us. Well, we'll get the skinny then. We will indeed. There's Paul yeah. Morris putting on all the weight he's losing. <laughs> all those <laughs> questions that everyone wants answered in two <laughs> weeks' time. <laughs> Thank you very much. Catch us all next time. Yes. <laughs>